0: I need people. I need I need a community of people around me. I don't need 15 people, but I need like at least two other guys that I can just be gut level honest, like real authentic me and go, here's the good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff that I that not everybody gets to see or hear, but here here it all is out on the table. Um I need my wife, I need my pastor Um, I, I need, I, I have to lean on this community around me or I'm not going to make it.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest is one of those people that I've been listening to and following now for about 12 years. And how wild is that to even think about? It's taken 12 whole years to get an interview, which may or may not be a joke. This dude's busy, but... This guy is a powerhouse worship leader, songwriter, and most notably, one of the leading voices of passion music. Today, we've got Mr.
0: Christian Stanfield. Christian, thank you for being here, dude. Hey, Trevor. Good to chat with you, man. This is awesome. Dude. I love what you just said. It's real people, real stories. That's, dude. that's what I'm all about. I love that, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's why we were like, we got to get Christian
1: Stanfield on here. Like I know this mm. dude's got a real story and it's hard to find stuff like that on you. You're not as like vocal in interviews. You, you're you like the guy that's like, I'm going to come help usher in the Holy Spirit in these mm. stadiums and these rooms of 10 people. You don't care. You just, you've got that touch, bro. But mm. I want to know where it came from. And mm. um, again, man, just thank you for being here. And y'all started off 2022 in a packed out mercedes-benz stadium in the middle or hopefully the tail end of a pandemic but yeah what was it like to finally be back because y'all didn't get to meet in person last year
0: correct oh my goodness! so this was the first big one back oh it was so good trevor uh yeah last year we did we did do a version of passion conference but it was all virtual all online which ended up being pretty cool you know you know the reach um, that you get to have when you do something online is, is pretty far. So that was cool, but it doesn't compare to being in the room with people and hearing the sounds of a generation singing to God to hear, you know, all these different speakers come and bring these amazing talks. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. And, um, it was quite a moment and we're, uh, it, it really, it, I think the word that we keep using, and we don't use this word a lot, so it doesn't feel hypey. But it was a miracle that we got one that we just got to do it, like you said. You know, <laughs> just with the state of the world. Um, but then, two, so many stories in and throughout leading up to leading up to Passion twenty twenty two at Passion twenty twenty two, and even you know the aftermath of it. We're like, man, it's true that God really orchestrated and has His hand in all of it. So. It's pretty cool, man. Dude, and
1: 55,000 college-age students Mm. in a stadium in Atlanta, Mm. Georgia, during Mm. this interesting time, that had to feel a whole lot different than the last few events that y'all have done. Like, you've done the Mm -hmm. stadiums, like the Georgia Dome, several times. This was the second time at Mercedes-Benz, I believe. This had to feel different. Like, 55,000 people leaving the safety of their homes and such coming from all around the world to just glorify the name of Jesus and uplift Mm -hmm. that worship in a stadium like that. How do you even explain? Like, I know there was some press around, like the event shouldn't have happened, blah, blah, blah. God allowed this event to happen
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and watching it. Like I was at home sick and uh, watching the live stream. I could feel the energy. I could feel the Mm -hmm. presence. Um, from the words that God gave the speakers all the way down to the worship, the production, everything was just top notch, but what did it feel like this year versus the other deal years with just being able to uplift in this uncertain time?
0: Mm, yeah. Well, I think first, you know, first thing, it you could really feel a desire to gather. You know, there was, mm-hmm a real sense in the room that we, we were all, all of us, not just the students, but our whole team, everybody, we were ready to be together again and feel the effect of looking around and seeing, you know, tens of thousands of other people, other students, you know, gathered to worship God. There, there's a, uh, you know, that is such a strengthening thing to look around and, you know, if you're walking with God, and if you're following Jesus, if you're trying to follow Jesus right now, sometimes it can be a lonely road to walk, especially if you're on a college campus, you feel like sometimes am I the only one that holds the word of God up as the truth, the, you know, am I the only one who believes that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life? Um, I can imagine that that's a lot of those students' stories. But so to look around in that stadium and go, wow, I am not alone, uh, that is that's something that we've missed and it's something you don't get when you know you're online or doing a virtual event. So uh, you know and it's good for us to be together. It's good to gather. Uh, a lot gets transferred when you're able to look at people in the eye and rub shoulders with people and cry with people and confess. Uh, Jenny Allen had this amazing moment in her talk where she had students turn to each other and confess their sins to one another. Um, and you don't get that if you're, if you're in a virtual moment, you know, but to be able to turn to, you know, girls talking to other girls and guys talking to other guys and going this, I want to tell you something about my life, the freedom and the healing that came in that moment. I mean, good grief. It's just, it's something you don't get unless you're, you know, face to face with people. So it was good. And, and, you know, we, we were careful and, um, It it seems like God really put a special measure of grace on those days, uh, kept everybody safe, and here we are on the backside, just telling God stories. So, dude, that's (sighs) phenomenal.
1: And you've been a part of the Passion Movement for quite a while now. But one thing I've always wondered is, were you aware of like what Louis and his team were doing with Passion Movement prior to being involved in Passion um, with leading worship, and how did that Really, how did God open that door for you? Because it's mm. not one of those things where you're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go lead worship for passion." It, um, in my opinion, like it would almost be something that I would, you would seek after, like uh, for an aspiring worship leader, which I'm not. I'm terrible at singing; you don't want to hear it. Um, but for an aspiring worship leader, I can imagine there were t- tens of thousands of worship leaders in that room, and they're all f- like, "I want to do that," but they're not all called to do that. So for having this calling on your life, how did, how was the connection made with passion and where, where did that start?
2: Mm.
0: Well, the first part of your question, uh, I became aware of passion and what was going on with Louie and Shelly and um, the team. I was a sophomore in high school and somebody gave me a copy of the betters one day live recording from passion 99. And I was trying to figure out, you know, leading worship and singing and playing guitar and right. Like, I was trying to figure all that out at the time. Like I, I had a real passion and desire to do it, but, uh, I never heard it done. Like passion did it on that record on, on betters one day and the power of God, the Holy spirit on those songs and on that recording, just came out of those speakers and really affected me and arrested me. And I just remember thinking like, well, I didn't know it could be done this way. I didn't know that, you know, um, I I didn't really know that the power of God could live inside of a song like that. Like that was just such a powerful thing. So that really honestly was a defining moment for me, that passion record. And, um, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I don't think I ever really thought I'm going to, you know, make a beeline to Louie and go figure out how to lead it. It wasn't, it wasn't does. that <laughs> it never really, it never really happens that way. I guess, you know, it, for me, it was more, um, I knew that God had put this gift in me to, to sing and to lead. And we were seeing some pretty cool stuff happen in our youth ministry growing up, like in high school. And, Um, I was really being formed by all of that. And um, I just ended up leading worship at a uh, conference in um, Florida for middle school and high school students. And Louie was one of the speakers at this conference. And very organically, very naturally, we just started talking and a friendship happened. And um, that was in the summer of 2004. And he said, Hey, man, I I have an idea. What if you came and just played a small role at Passion 2005 in Nashville and you know you know I I didn't even have to pray about it I was like I'm there <laughs> like I I I would love to be I don't care what it is I'll wrap cables and pick up trash I don't care if I could just be a part of you know what God is doing through Passion so that was 2005 and I, we've just been a part of it ever since and my wife and I um, um. It's family here, you know, Louie and Shelley and the team here. We've been, we've been through everything with these people and they're the real deal. And, um, so 17 years of leading together, but also doing life together, the good stuff and the hard stuff. You know, there've been a r- amazing highs, you know, like passion 2022 is such a, a high, it's a mountaintop, but we have been in the Valley together. Yeah. Like truly we have cried with each other. We've grieved with each other. Um, and it, you know, so that was how we got involved. And then the church came, um, in 2009 and we knew, man, we just want to be one. We love these people, but two, we believed that, that God was doing something in our city through passion city church that we wanted to be close to and be a part of. And again, just serve however, however we could. So that's the, the short of it. And, um, Louis Louie has been an amazing pastor, an amazing friend, same with Shelley. Um and I'm so grateful for their leadership and their patience. I mean, my goodness. When we first met, you know, I still I still have a long way to go, Lord willing. But when we first met, man, I was kind of a mess. And Louis was like, Let me just let's just be friends and let's walk through some life together. so anyway, it it's an amazing place and uh I love being a part of what God's
1: doing here. That's phenomenal. And before 2005 rolled around and before all of the, really the life that the Lord's given you within this movement, you've been able to see it birth into something completely different than it was before. Hmm. When you were in like elementary school, middle school, high school, what was it like for you to really just feel the calling of God on your life? And where did your
0: journey with faith
1: start? Hmm.
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, my journey, my walk with Jesus started at a really young age. You know, my parents are, um, they're still together and they're still walking with God and they had us in church all the time. And so I was around church and singing in church and the word of God. I've been around it my whole life. Um, but I was 13 years old at a you know, s- student summer camp. Uh, up on the top of Lookout Mountain in Tennessee. And... I went to a
1: summer camp there and that was the first place <laughs> I ever you? spoke. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like um <laughs> it was uh, what was the campground called? I can't remember what it's called Up at right uh, now.
0: Covenant College?
1: No, no. Um I can't remember what's called. It'll come to me though. I, okay. sorry, I interrupted you, but it was oh. right there. Like I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, there's Brett Yonker and I joke that it's the Mount Sinai of our generation. (laughs) I mean, it's (laughs) it's so funny. (laughs) Some stuff went down on that mountain spiritually for a lot of people. And I was one of them, man. I was 13. I was in a room full of other students just like me. And all of a sudden, the rest of the room just faded away. And it was like God just came straight for me and for my heart and my life. and. I couldn't have said it like this in the moment. What, what I was feeling was that from now, from from here on out, my life is not my own. That God is 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 um, inviting me into um, His story, and I I couldn't really voice it. I didn't really know what I knew that I loved music, and now I have this like this new fire of affection for Jesus burning in my heart, and those two things sort of converged at the same time. And, um, I went home and started learning worship songs on the guitar and more or less got shoved out on stage and told, Hey, you're our worship leader now. Uh, and it was horrible, Trevor. It was just terrible. I couldn't remember lyrics. I couldn't sing. Um, it was, it was so bad, but, um, that, that, that was where it started for me was age 13. That's where like, kind of like the rubber met the road for me. I'm like, no turning back no turning back. You know, this is, this is a, a life, um, you know, that I, I want to live my life for Jesus. And, um, so anyway, that, that was where the whole, the, the journey started for me. That's phenomenal,
1: man. And so many people, especially in this generation that's rising up now are experiencing anxiety and depression, uh, suicidal ideation. And there's just so many struggles that, are coming to the forefront and it's really mm. on the emotion side of things. So when it comes to passion movement and Christian Stanfield personally, when you hear about these issues and such, including end it movement, I mean, mm. human trafficking is a huge thing, but with all the negativity around us, how do you choose to bring hope and bring life to situations and to continue to remember that God's in control of it?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think, um, you know, for us and our family, um, like I was saying earlier, we try to always hold the word of God, you know, as the truth and the absolute. And so there is, there's a lot of, a lot of wild stuff happening, uh, in the world right now, a lot of crazy stuff and people are impacted by all of it every day. Um, but if we can go back to that ancient path, you know, we can go back to the words and the way of Jesus. Um, we always have that true north. And so I think for us as a family and as a church, really, and as a movement, we're always trying to hold Jesus up and say, he is the way he is the truth. He is the life. Um, no one's going to knock him off that place. So that, that was, that's how we try to navigate a lot of that. That's so
1: good. And it's so cool to hear your story of coming up young within the church. As I shared before we logged on, I actually got called to ministry at a um, an event that you were leading at with passion. Mm. Super mm-hmm. wild, 2012. I got to the event and I've always been very ambitious. I'm like, I'm going to get on that stage and I don't mm-hmm. know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And they had like some kind of competition with like the kids and the youth pastors. And I ended up mm. getting somehow in that. And then I won it. And I was like, what the heck and seeing you guys up there and such was it was a turning point for me I'll never forget y'all were leading always at the time which was my still one of my favorite songs um thank you it's just one of those and I remember feeling the spirit on me and then I think it was Clayton King or somebody came up and they were like if you want to commit your life to ministry right now Mm -hmm come do it. And I felt that tug on my heart during always. And then Mm. being able to do this interview now, it's like there's so many people that go to like these super wows, these passion conferences, and they have these mountaintop experiences like you were talking about. And then they get home and they're on fire for a few days. And then they have these fatigue seasons. So I really want to talk about for people that just got back from the conference, for people that are going to go to conferences and they haven't seen these mountaintop experiences yet. What are some of the follow-up things that we can do to check in on ourselves and make sure that we're still growing after we leave these big gatherings?
0: Hmm. Bro, that, that is so good. And I love that you're bringing that up because it's a, it's a big part of what we're talking about right now um, as, a, as a staff, as a team, as worship leaders. As, um, we worked so hard to climb the mountain of Passion 2022 truly our whole team we we put a lot of time a lot of sleepless nights a lot of energy into getting passion 2022 to happen and then but what we what we don't talk about a lot is you know we ascended but now we're descending so now passion 22 passion 2022 is over so here in my experience personally after i experience a really significant move of god The enemy always comes for me and he knows exactly where to come for me. Um, And he starts lying to me about um, what I saw or what I heard or what I experienced. He starts telling me that um, I messed it up or I didn't do a great job or I really failed it, blah, blah, blah. Um, He'll start tempting me with uh, sin. He'll try and drag me away from the wonder of of what God did at Passion twenty two and distract me with meaningless, worthless, temporary things. And I've just learned to be ready for that. And some things that really help me is obviously truth, you know, speaking truth over your life, um, and just remembering for me, you know, it really helps to write things down. Cause then you have like a written account of it. You can go back to it and read it. Like God said this, He spoke this, here's the date, here's the time, here's that's super, super helpful um the most important thing for me man and you know it i'm just learning this in my you know mid to late 30s but i need people i need i need a community of people around me i don't need 15 people but i need like at least two other guys that i can just be gut level honest like real authentic me and go here's the good the bad the ugly the stuff that i that not everybody gets to see or hear but here, here it all is out on the table. Um, I need my wife. I need my pastor. Um, I I need. I, I have to lean on this community around me or I'm not going to make it. I will not make it. And um, I think when we try and, and do this isolated or on, on an island, we are setting ourselves up to spiral and find ourselves in a really, really dark place. Um, so, yeah, that those are some of the things that uh actually our our pastor Louis Giglio just talked about this um uh, to our 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 staff team and you should go check out his Instagram cuz he he posted uh all the notes from the talk. And wow. the talk was called when the the talk was called winning the descent. And it's nine things that are really helpful. Like raw and real helpful things um, that can help people dealing with what you're talking about.
1: Dude, that's crazy. And y'all just put out a new EP burn bright and I've listened to it, obviously, and it's a lot different than the rest. So with recording this EP, did you notice anything different going into the songwriting process that was just challenging for you? Like, for me personally, my favorite song on this thing is What He's Done, which you brought in mm-hmm. Anna Golden and Tasha Kov's Leonard for. Yeah. And even when y'all were performing it on the live stream, like Anna just goes into this, like, Y'all, passion isn't known for the spontaneous moments. Anna doesn't care. She's just like, we're going to go in. Like, it was great. Yeah. But yeah. this song in particular, what was it like going into the writing process for this? Because this is 100% different than the things you've done in the past and in a good yeah. way, in a great way. Every passion project is completely different from the last. Um, So what did it look like going into this?
0: Man, I mean, honestly, you know, since I've been a part of passion and specifically the songwriting process, um, the approach and the prayer and the heart has kind of always been the same. The songs change and the sounds change and some of the people change. The language changes stylistically, things change you know, shift, but the approach and the heart has always been the same. And that, that, you know, that goes all the way back to, you know, when Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and Christine, Nathan Knuckles and Charlie Hall and mm-hmm. um, Crowder is still a big part of what we're doing at passion, but it goes back to the early days when I first got involved, you know, the songwriting process started on our knees, um, confessing our need for Jesus and confessing that in our own strength we can't bring anything into the world or into the church, um, that uh, that won't lead people to God. And so we that that's where the the process starts, and that's where it started again this year. And um, the real cool thing about what he's done, bro, you know, I and I haven't talked about this yet, but before we started writing that song. I was in the room with Jacob Suter. So uh, uh, Tasha, Anna, Jacob, and I wrote that song together. Before, you know, we're at the songwriting camp, and everybody's kind of, you know, coming coming in from lunch or getting a coffee. And it's before Anna and Tasha get in the room. It's just Jacob and I, and we're sitting there, and we're talking. And Jacob and I have known each other for for a little while. And we're just talking about life. And it's not like the... Hey how are you? I'm good man How are you like it's we're we've kind of pushed past that, and we're getting into the the nitty gritty of life like here's here's what's going on in my life right now um here's what here's what's uh here's what's happening um you know in my world, and things got real, and he and I just really started to open up to each other and just talking to each other and I'm encouraging him and he's encouraging me. And, um, it, it was, it got real. And, and then we started writing and he sits down and, and starts playing that chorus and what he's done, what he's done. All the, uh, he, he had, you know, a good bit of that chorus yeah. and it was really cool. Cause I felt like the vulnerability of that moment and what he and I were sharing with each other and just, just encouraging each other, just as brothers and as friends, it opened the door for this really authentic worship to come into the room. Um, both of us were just like, here we are and out comes this song of of gratitude to God. And so there's something to be said for that, man. And, you know, if, if you want to know the real deal, you know, I, I've learned that I have to, I have to be real and authentic with other people. Um, I've got to kill the pretense and the posturing and the, you know, the Instagram, you know, shine. I've got to, I got to, I got to break past that and I got to find people that I can be real and authentic with. And that's where really, I think this song started. It's just two friends encouraging each other. Dude, that's so
1: good. And really to close up, You guys are still bringing in new voices and I was at Crowder's uh, concert at the Ryman in Nashville and I don't want to butcher her name. Is it Mm -hmm. Chittima? Chittima. Chittima. Yeah. Chittima. What a voice. Unbelievable. What an anointing. (laughs) I've never like, he brought her up to do a song with him. And I think it's like he had Dante Bo or somebody do it on the record, but she came up Mm -hmm. and he let her do her own thing. And, The anointing is strong was and i'm sure we'll interview her about it eventually but with bringing in new voices for this generation people that not are seeking celebrity but you can tell the anointing is there for those young worship leaders that are maybe tuning into this now or um are fans of just passion in the conferences What's your encouragement to them? Like, not everybody's called to be a worship leader with passion. Of course, it's put on this mountaintop, but even for yourself, I was, while I was getting ready for this interview, I was looking at your Instagram. You don't post on there that much. You don't let the blue check mark run your life. People are looking for verification in all the wrong ways. And you, it, uh, at least from an outside perspective, it doesn't look like that's been a factor in your life it's all about Mm. your family and um glorifying god for so for those aspiring worship leaders speakers evangelists that are chasing those mountaintop experiences how would you encourage them to really just hone in on what god's given them to do and uh, really find their identity and who christ has made them
0: to be man well you know i can only speak personally and um you know you brought up chittima Chinema has been a part of our church in Atlanta for a few years now. And, you know, she didn't, she didn't come in hot. Like I got this voice and I got this anointing and put me on a stage. That wasn't it at all. Uh, she came in low. She came in ready to serve. She has such a humility on her life. Um, she's confident in her gifting and what she can do, but, she's not going to go push that on everybody or flaunt it. She knows that, you know, when you, when you're a worship leader and you're a servant in the house of God, um, you're there to serve. And she has a real understanding of that. And in my experience, it's those kind of people that, um, God eventually puts in places of leadership and authority and opportunity. And man, you know, I've, my, my journey, man, I've, I've, it's been stumble, trip, stumble, trip, stumble, trip. It has not been a steady ascent. You know, it's, it's just been like, God has been so patient and has extended so much grace and mercy to me personally. Um, uh, you know, if I could say anything, it would just be humble yourself, uh, be diligent with what God's given you to do, you know, work at it. Uh, we've all worked really, really hard, um, but make Jesus the destination, make Jesus mm-hmm. the thing that you're locked onto. Um, that, that would be, that would be my, my encouragement, you know, and honestly, man, just a genuine affection for God and for his word. Um, that fire has that, that fire can't go out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that would be my, my encouragement. You know, I, I, it's dangerous to look at something like passion or uh, some another platform or another movement and go, that's what I want to do. And that's where I want to be. If you do that, then you're missing the opportunity you have right in front of you to love God's people and to serve yeah. people. So just be be where you're at and, and be diligent and, and serve the people and walk with God. And you never know where he's going to take you.
1: Come on. Whew passion's new ep burn bright is streaming on all major streaming platforms and you can check out clips sermons and everything on passion's youtube page christian thank you so much for being here man this has been phenomenal and uh if you're watching this on youtube uh go check out the audio version on apple music and spotify for the exclusive after show um we've got more content coming for you guys and christian this has been a full circle moment for me and i know for a lot of people they're Same. just like we we're super wow together super wow energize the ballpark outcry tour all of these things it's Come like
0: on. but still this is this is a wild moment so thank you for being a part i love talking to you trevor thanks so much man love it thank you
2: Thank you for tuning in to the After Hours Show with Trevor Talks. And Brian Here's your host, Trevor, because he talks.
1: That sounds nothing like me. Oh, man. At all. Dude, I aspire. You aspire, aspire. and you failed. Well, you know. It's like a car getting hit by a truck. If somebody
2: quit every time they failed, nothing would get done. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. Get back up on my horse, (laughs) and I'm going to keep trying to nail the opener. And I know you changed it, but yeah. I think that was one of my favorite things about the Trevor Talks podcast was... The consistency? The, the consi- No. It was the thing.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, I still get up there, but I just like wanted to switch up from the thank you because I, I've done it for over 70 episodes, and yeah, you I don't want to get too I mean, I got comfortable.
2: It's kind of like your living room. Sometimes you come home, see the same thing every single day, and you're just like, dude, I wonder what the couch would look like over there. Yeah. By the time you're done, the couch is on the ceiling and the TV's on the floor. So, I mean, it can get kind of interesting when you're trying to rearrange the furniture, so to speak.
1: For those of you who don't know, this is my partner in crime my business partner, my guy, Brian Lane. And he's got quite the story himself, which I'm sure we're going to share eventually. And this after hours thing
2: wouldn't exist if I didn't have him. Well, it's an awesome opportunity for to have real meaningful conversation outside of what you regularly do, where you're talking about everybody else, but also for people to get to know who you truly are.
1: When you're sharing somebody's life story, it's hard to bust out into a crazy joke or something. You have to, you have to put your big boy pants on and quit being a kid for a little bit, but it's, it's almost like, um, like I grew up on Jimmy Fallon, right? right? So he turns it off for like when he's going through people's stories and stuff. So we just, we're just now getting to the place where we have time and availability to branch out and do something different. The, The whole Trevor Talks thing is real people, real topics, real stories, but I also appreciate the opportunity to expand on the conversations that we do have, be able to extend the conversation and give people
2: a little more consistency. So Christian Stanfill, an incredible interview, and dude, this is like 12 years in the making. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that.
1: Dude, it was weird to have that deja vu no, moment, right? Where 12 years ago, I was a kid at a conference and I saw this guy leading worship on stage.
2: 12 years later, you're still a kid in a podcast. Yeah, but He's I do 13. have a
1: magnificent beard now.
2: A 13-year-old with a magnificent beard. you something else. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, no. Back to the real stuff. Go but ahead, man.
1: I, I was a kid at a conference and saw this guy leading worship and I had just learned about passion, I right. guess. And I felt this unique presence that I hadn't experienced before. And I know it was a radical experience with God now, but I felt called to ministry that day. Wow. that's history what was that
2: the rest is history. The rest
1: is history. And here we are 12 years later, got to do this interview with like the guy that was leading worship there. One of your heroes and of the faith, one of my heroes of the faith. And I've followed Passion heavily since then because I was just super encouraged by Christian his words and just the message of passion. Really, like I've been to a few Passion conferences now, and I've even got to stand on stage with them, energize the ballpark. And then I got I, when I was interning with Nick Hall, like every guest we have is like, "Hey, you remember Outcry Tour? Like that was a big thing for me. Outcry Tour 2015 um, had some cool experiences with Passion there, and being able to." take the realm of an interview or take the antlers whatever you want to call it what's a redneck way to say it grab that thing by the antlers gingham, we'll on. yeah grab by the horns it by the horns boy and uh get to do this interview is wild get to share his story and i didn't know it was so similar to mine like starting a ministry really young and going through the he said she said aspects of life and growing from our mistakes and here we
2: are man dude what a what a journey it is and a lot of times people look at Uh, People on stage and think, man, God just must have had all kinds of favor on them. He must be one of the their favorites, or she must be one of their his favorites. And and now look at them. I wish I could be that person, but they don't know the in betweens and everything that goes on behind the scenes. And so you know, and I and I watch you know, you know Trevor. He gets up on stage uh, like with Lacey Sturm and and you know different festivals and things like that. And I think that and if i were just out there and i didn't know trevor i wouldn't know that there was some kind of arduous journey in between and so a just a lot human-
1: of panic attacks yeah anxiety yeah. Uh, insecurity this wasn't an overnight thing at all
2: yeah so humanizing yeah humanizing the experience and once you actually start to hear those stories they even though sometimes they can sound rough they can become hope it can become encouragement because you know you're not alone and that the people who are doing what you want to do have gone through the hang-ups that you're going through right now so I guess the the whole to circle the wagons the point of what I'm saying right here so many country slangs yeah, yeah, yeah. to is that you, you know what you're you're in, in part of the process a uh, part of the journey that you're going through and that you know even though it may not seem like you're getting to where you're wanting to go you're on your way because god's got a plan and so you sitting in that conference 12 years ago looking at christian stanfield to where you are now in the journey in between it's a dream come true
1: i think it would be smart to really showcase like not every single thing in your life is going to be in front of lights, in front of people. There are so many amazing communities around the U S around the world that need your voice, but don't be afraid to dream bigger. Don't be afraid to chase the calling that God has given you. Uh, As you know, I've been binge watching the Netflix show, sweet Magnolias. And it kind of reminded me like I'm from social circle, Georgia and a lot of people that are raised there don't dream big, and they just settle for normal. And I I had big dreams. I still have big dreams. I've got big goals and aspirations. But never be afraid to be a hidden gem in your community. Mm. Don't be afraid that like you're not doing something right because people aren't applauding you everywhere. If I was in this for applause or money or anything, I would have quit a long time ago. And it's not about that. It's about making an impact where you can starting where you are. Don't be afraid to dream big.
2: And not only that, people don't realize that there's a lot of that goes into that one moment that you see somebody on stage for five to 10, maybe even 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of in between hard work, hard discipline, you know, tough conversations, tough days, but you know, they put it, they put all of that, that difficulty aside in order to fulfill their purpose.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've jumped on stage while having panic attacks. That's that's one of the most notable ones was in Mississippi on the Lacey Sturm tour. You were talking about Yeah, Um, the whole band. you can ask them, like I was having a terrible panic attack, like in tears, it was, it was a whole thing, but I didn't let it hold me back. They were like, you sure you can do this? I'm like, give me that microphone.
2: Right. And, and
1: I may have been slurring words a little bit, but Trevi went out and did it.
2: You make a, an incredible point, though. So many of us, and I think it's the age of social media, you know, back in the day, it was pursuing your purpose or your passion. And it was about just fulfilling that. It wasn't about getting the fame, getting the fans, getting the following or getting in front of um, mass crowds. People primarily focused on what they were passionate about, what they felt called to. And and we've forgotten what that is because it's I want to play the guitar plus be famous or I want to mm-hmm. be a speaker plus speak to thousands and thousands of people. And all of those things are good. None of that's bad. How but can when you speak in your- front
1: of thousands if you can't speak in front of one?
2: Right. So being present where you're at being a part of the community, being grateful for that community. So you make that interesting point that people have forgotten their communities. And
1: I read a post yesterday from one of my friends, Nadia, she put on her Instagram that like she was healed from depression after years and of like battling with suicidal thoughts and attempting and such. She posted on Instagram yesterday, like she found the healing from that when she started chasing Jesus and not the healing. So many people mm. are chasing the healing without chasing Jesus. And I've caught myself in that predicament.
2: And they're chasing the fame without chasing, yeah, you know.
1: like how. Putting the cart before the horse. But that post that she made was just super like thought intriguing for me to be like, dang, like so many people are like, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get healed. And they forget that Jesus is the one that's going to heal
2: them. Let me share something with you. Yeah. Bro, I didn't get sober. And y'all learn more about that later on yeah, down the road. Yeah. But I didn't get sober. And still, I, until I stopped focusing on what I wasn't going to do, I always focus. I got to do this and I can't, I can't do that. And I can't blah, 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 X, Y, Z. It's when I, when I turned my focus in the right direction Mm -hmm. Mm is when I was able to get sober. It's when I started focusing on God and that's when he healed me. Mm -hmm. That's when I got sober. And so dude, such. An incredible point. So many people are, their, their attention and their focus is on the wrong thing. It's not that they don't have something special or that they can't be delivered or that they can't be healed or that they can't get what they need. It's just that you're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah.
1: And like this is a faith-based podcast. Right. But if you're listening and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, like we love you, we embrace you. We want you to know that you're welcome here. We're not trying to shove religion down your throat or anything. Religion's dead. Jesus is not. Um just know that there's always a place for you here. We're not we're not worried about your identity. We're not worried about anything other than who you are and that you're here, that you feel encouraged, that you feel loved, and that you know like Trevor Talks isn't just about me. It's, it's not about me at all. We just want you to feel encouraged. We want you to feel loved, know that you have a family here. And the whole purpose of this show, now that I'm really thinking about it, is like we have all these voices that are feeding into a community of people that are such unique and beautiful people.
2: And that we can be there for one another. That
1: we can be there for one another. That's wow. right. Dude. And um,
2: And this all started from a Christian Stanfield concert. Concert twelve years ago.
1: I don't know that it started there, but it was definitely an impact zone for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean that's when you were called the ministry. I digress. But well, you know,
1: God, God, God has a purpose for everyone, and uh, there's all these stepping stones. But it's it's super cool to get to do this. You know, bro, what
2: this has been fun.
1: <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> I've enjoyed this so much. It's uh, it's cool to be able to bring something new and refreshing to the table. And you're gonna get this only. Only on the audio version. Well, I'm excited. Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Amazon, I'm Audible. Speak for Trevor,
2: real quick, if you haven't left a review on Trevor's podcast, five stars. It helps his show, um, our show. Get,
1: it's our community.
2: Yeah, our show. Get the exposure that it deserves, and so we all work together here, and we can make a thing of this. Yeah. So, man, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to the future
1: yeah i'm excited this is gonna be so much fun and moving forward as you've already heard in this episode quite a few times the after show is exclusively on the audio only version of this podcast be sure to go like and subscribe like brian said and we are super thrilled and excited to talk to you guys next week have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings if so you're not alone